This episode of the After Dinner Mints podcast is brought to you by Calm Lip Balm, a CBD-infused lip balm to help protect your lips. Available at calmlipbalm.com. We are also brought to you by Essence the Killer and his new album, Commercial Killer Volume 1, available for streaming and digital download on Bandcamp, amongst other digital platforms. That shit's really fucking good. You need to listen to it. Lastly, if you would like to help support the show personally, you can do that by going to patreon.com slash afterdinnermints. And now for the show. Are you walking in here with fucking wet cancer farts on your head? I was just gonna say, I think it's not south, but uh, in the middle center thing. <laughs> so you might know these things as a family called vacations? Literally, <laughs> white people is crazy. That's exactly. There's no other thought that could be going through her head but that. Fifty something sure. white woman who definitely is gonna get a fan job. That's how I gave up fast food. I ate Taco Bell two nights in a row. That's really good audio. You realize that was hysterical. People love heavy calls in the mics. Have a good day, whore. I literally give the, the, the bus driver like twenty dollars. I'm like, here's twenty dollars for my white guilt. Anyway, break it down. No, I'm honestly curious. Break that down. That makes me not dance. Explain. <laughs> <laughs> that's it we're in we're i guess so welcome to episode 83 of comedians and chairs drinking seltzer i know that you don't hear this now but there's there's totally a metronome talking over the mother of top of fucker us. so maybe we can go back to let's just cut it out no i'm just gonna turn it off what's that oh yep see isn't it great that one of us wore headphones right i mean come on we could have just done like a 45-minute show with the fucking metronome. It's fucking literally like, no matter what the fuck I do. Are we still rolling? Yeah, we're still oh, rolling. Oh, cool, okay. The metronome never, ever fucking goes away. What is this? A, this is a cold opening, right? Is that what they call that? A cold opening? Yes. Dude, it's just, it's just fucking infuriating because I've, like, turned it off so many fucking times, and I've erased it so many, and it's like, no matter what, it fucking goes right back on. It's just paced so quickly that I think I would want to, would want to talk to the beat to match it's it. Inf- it it, it, it be, makes me want to fucking murder somebody. <laughs> anyway, Nolan here, after dinner, man, it's 83. Jay over here. Is this 83? 83. 83. I for, I'm not sure the last one I was on, somewhere in the 70s, late 70s. Yeah, who the fuck? I don't know. It's been a long time. No, it hasn't been that. Recently, right? I mean, we're only three into the 80s, so it was probably... The yeah, late, late 70s. Late 70s, yeah. Anyway, what's up? You've had an adventurous couple weeks. Yeah, shit, man. I left, I like, I, I traveled abroad for the first time in my life. I spent like a week in some other countries, uh, not the United States. It was pretty wild. Where'd you go? I went to France and uh, the Netherlands. Why were those, I mean, the Netherlands I get for you, but why was... 
my oh. France for, <laughs> for on your list. Uh, it wasn't really. I mean, so my I picked one place, and my traveling companion picked the other place. Okay, and uh, that's just how it worked out. And they were kind of like relatively close to each other. I mean, it was like a three-hour train ride. But the the train. So you took the train from France to the Netherlands. Yeah, yeah. They um. So their regular trains are like fucking our. They're like our bullet trains. Like the trains right. travel like 150 miles an hour over there. Right. Like you're like floating on clouds. I mean, you're racing. You're like. They, the the tracks pretty much run parallel to the high the major highways and uh, a couple of the waterways or whatever. But Italy's like that, but they the trains don't go that fast. They go like oh fuck, man. I mean forty fifty. The speed limit is like uh it's like I don't know what the uh, the kilometer the I started to learn the fucking metric system fucked me up a little bit. Right. But uh it's I mean it's it's pretty it's pretty fast. They have like speedways over there and the, right. the trains just like barreling down. Fucking twice the speed easily, just like dwarfing those cars. Interesting. So yeah, we uh, it was like a three-hour train ride. Uh, we stopped in Brussels, and like had a transfer. So I got to see some of like, like the non-touristy parts of uh, of Dutch Netherlands area. Right. And then we went to like uh, Amsterdam and Central Amsterdam, which is where, like, a lot of the locals I guess refer to it as Holland, which I, yeah. I started to take that term because it sounds fucking sounds really awesome, but. Yeah, I fell in love with Holland or Amsterdam or whatever. Yeah, I'm I'm seriously considering uh, like packing up and just moving there for a month or two. It's like the, I mean those those are like my kind of people like taking an extended vacation there, maybe shipping my work out to me and like picking up where I where I left huh. off here for a little while. They're like uh, it's it's just like it's like my kind of people there. I I felt so instantly at home. Like the the bicycling the bicycling culture is so uh, so uh, massive and so thorough. It's like. <laughs> The, everybody, everybody there just rides a bicycle. It's weird that you see a car on the road there. Holland has a uh, a huge fucking kickboxing scene. Do they? Yeah, it's like one of the biggest sports. Really? Over there, yeah. That's weird. They, yeah, Dutch kickboxing is like essentially like its own style of kickboxing, and it's like very highly regarded as martial art. Huh? Shit. Uh, everybody was everybody was really hyped up for like sports over there, but uh, it was uh, I found out all that was going on was like was soccer, well football, football matches, and like uh, I guess everybody's that's a thing over there. Like I mean, you see like people wearing like soccer jerseys everywhere. It's just like uh, normal. I guess it's like their football. I don't, I don't understand the fucking sport. So my old roommate, you know, used to be like really into soccer and would occasionally like. Like as a as a sport for as himself, sport. or like as a spectator, as a spectator, ah, just like a huge fan. I don't get it. And you know, every once in a while, I would like go and like watch the games with them, which were always really early in the morning because they're like, you know, being beamed in from fucking Europe or South America or whatever. Yeah, sure. And um, so we would go to like the Irish bars around Philly and do like brunch. While like everybody's like losing their shit over soccer, and I remember the day I fucking tapped out on soccer was when like he explained to me how the team's record dictates what league they play in, and they could change leagues in like the middle of the season. So like is that it, like is that like uh the only thing I can think is are you familiar with the baseball how they have double A triple A and like the major league? Yeah, but but think of it and think of it like this. Imagine that. If, you know, the fucking Orioles aren't doing well, all of a sudden they're a double A team. Yeah. So they just leave down to the. To so the, they leave the league completely. Go to a lesser to play lesser. And, right. And talent. they could be like a champion in that league. 
That sounds really fucking weird, it's actually. It's fucking weird. And then, like, if they perform really well, they could, like, go to the majors. Like, it's fucking crazy. And I was like, how the fuck? And he was like, well, you know, your record has to be this or it could be that. But then, like, this might happen and that could, like, bump you back up to a different <laughs> league. And I was like, how? I, I can't possibly keep that amount of information in my fucking head for a game. I mean, I... And I, I actually, like, I enjoy soccer as a spectator. It's like, there are very few sports that I could watch, and I'm actually like, this is fun to watch. Fucking soccer, European football, is like, is on there, because it's fast-paced. Even though it's low-scoring, it's a very fast-paced game, and that holds uh, my interest. I guess, yeah. But, like, it, it's just... The the way the sport itself is organized is beyond fucking comprehension. And, and it's like, it's obviously not beyond comprehension because people fucking understand it. But, like, the amount of thought that you have to put into it, it's no longer recreational. Now it's like some shit I got to study, and that's not relaxing to me to watch it anymore. So now I'm stressed out when I fucking see soccer. When they when they have soccer over there, isn't it like the um, the European League or something? Like the 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 teams play like they don't just play like other teams in their country. They play like internationally, right? Yeah, they they play. Like, I mean, like honestly, Europe reminds me of like uh, it's kind of like the United States in that most countries are like states. Like some of the states are you know larger yeah, or smaller, basically. but that's pretty much how it is. It's more like uh, like Europe is just kind of like a lot of yeah like states, I guess. Yeah, I mean it's it's divided like strongly between like the east and west, but yeah, but I mean you just the the size of some of the countries I mean are not necessarily. Oh yeah, the sizes are comparable to states. Yeah, yeah. So I like, mean, but they they have like a league that just plays where you like you travel from country to country, right? You're not playing right, like, but they have multiple leagues. So there's like <laughs> there's like the whatever league, and then there's like the Premier League, and then there's like I wonder if the accommodations like change for the team if they. If they go to the shit league, like, do they go from, like, airplanes to buses to, like, hostels instead of, like, a fucking fancy hotel and shit? I fucking, I hope so. Yeah, I would hope so, too. I think it'd be, like, contingent on the success of your team. But that's, like, yeah, it is, like, if it, the way they treat players in professional sports in America where, like, you're not doing well, we're going to send you to the minors to fucking figure your shit out, and then, you know, you'll come back if the time's right. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, they do that with entire teams <laughs> in, which, I mean, I guess, like, if you look at it that way, it makes sense, but it also, it doesn't. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It, it fucking, it made me crazy listening to the explanation. Yeah, I just kind of, like, uh, when I see soccer, I just, my eyes glaze over, and I mean, the only, I have a lot of, uh, a lot of useless baseball information stuck up in my head, but that's about it. I don't really, I don't follow too many sports. Yeah, baseball feels like too complicated to me too not the game but the sport like the season yeah. you know how many teams there are how many games they play and it's like you know like with the amount of teams that actually make the playoffs like does most of the season even fucking matter that's the thing actually so like so I'm a I'm a New York Mets fan so 2 years ago they made it to the the wild card spot which is like a, it's a one off elimination game right so um, they play 162 games, right? 162 games, not counting the preseason. Um, so they, I guess there's like maybe 185, 190 games when all is said and done. And right. then it comes down to, for two teams, it comes down to one single game where if you win or lose, that's, that's it. It's like all or nothing. Yeah, so like After why, and, I mean, almost fuck 200 fucking games. Like, why isn't the whole season a playoff? 
That's a fair question. Like, th- to <laughs> me, that makes sense. And that's why, that is exactly why I love, like, boxing, jujitsu, martial arts. Just the ranking system? Because literally, it, because it's a ranking system. Yeah. Because it's, it's the playoffs all the time. Every single event is of substantial significance. Wasn't that what the WWF, no, WWE <laughs> is about, right? It's the same thing, right? There's, like, rankings and, like... Everybody no, because it's not real. Well, I mean, you didn't say that. Was that a qualifier? Yeah, I think the qualifier is that the, the oh, one, one is, is a, one is, is a sport and one is pretending. Sports entertainment, I suppose, right? I, I wouldn't even call it that. No sports entertainment. I, it's entertainment. Did you ever actually? Did you ever see the? Uh, um, I think John Oliver did this expose on Vince McMahon as like how fucking shit terrible of a person he is. Like, no. The most like despicable human being. I mean, he like he just. They had these clips of him, like, behind the scenes, like, from going back through, like, the late 80s all the way up to now, where he just, like, he, like, belittles, like, um, the uh, the interns or, like, the pe- like the techs or whatever, like, bring him, you know, bring him, like, coffee or something like this, where he, like, he makes, like, racist comments, like, to, to like, the, uh, the person, like, cleaning up the trash in the background mm-hmm. or something. I mean, he just, like, through and through just comes across, like, a fucking total scumbag. I mean, he's a rich guy from Connecticut, so I'd assume he's racist. Yeah. But also, I wouldn't, because I know, like... I have a lot, as much as I have a a distaste for wrestling, like professional wrestling, I have a lot of friends who are in that world and a lot of like... Like, you mean wrestlers or just into it? Oh, yeah. Me me and Ken's friend James is like the heavyweight champion of some like regional wrestling. When's the last time you, def- you defended your belt? Me? Yeah. I've never defended... Did you say you're the, you're the heavyweight? No, I said our friend James. Oh, you're fr- oh, I thought you yeah. said me and my friend James. Are no, like- me and my friend, me and Ken, our friend James. Oh, okay. Is like a, a heavyweight champion in a regional promotion. I mean, I defended my boxing belt. Oh, I um, thought you were. I thought you were like a tag team partner no. in this league that I'd never heard of. No, no, no. Um, but that's why I I no no we're fucking we're going on tangents. You said Vince McMahon is racist. I feel like. Whenever you don't like somebody, especially someone like John Oliver, is just like, oh, they're racist. And fucking, they just paint him into a corner with that. But like Patrice O'Neill, who was like the greatest comic mind who ever lived. Reverse racist, right? Was also a fucking writer for the World Wrestling Federation. Was he really? For several fucking years. And he always talked about like how great Vince McMahon was to him. And he was a, you know, pushing 400 pound black guy he, he from had, Jersey City so he had a bit role on um on the office the like the US version of the office did he and he yeah he he walked off on the second season he said that people were fucking dickheads to him and he just he like threw it away he like he appeared in like two two or three episodes like he had a couple of speaking lines but i mean it was very clearly him and like he just he got up and like his character just up and left the show he never so never to be seen from again i wouldn't uh, i wouldn't doubt if they were dickheads to him patrice o'neill was Legitimately, probably the greatest comic mind that ever fucking lived. His like his character was friends with. Uh, are you familiar with Craig Robinson? Yeah, yeah. It was like him. Them, those two were like. Uh, yeah, yeah. He was on um, what's it called too? Fucking Arrested Development. Who's that? Patrice O'Neill. Was he? Yeah. Patrice O'Neill. He he burnt down the banana stand. Oh shit! You're right. He did. Did you burn down the banana stand? Almost oh, definitely. <laughs> 
Holy shit! I haven't yeah, I his fucking haven't seen in a long time. his show his show Black Philip on fucking he had he had this show he he called it Black Philip like the Black Doctor Phil. <laughs> he he had this okay. he had an advice show called Black Philip on fucking XM before they merged with Sirius, and it might be the single best thing that was ever on fucking radio. Really? Yeah. I'm sure. Does it still exist on like a? Yeah, it's all over YouTube. Internet Archive. Or yeah, or? it's on YouTube. Yeah. Um, fucking his his time on fucking Tough Crowd, which might have been the best social commentary show ever, was is like unfucking paralleled. And then, and uh, till this day, there's just ripoffs of ripoffs of his fucking show. Like, he created Web Junk 20, which. Web Junk 20. Web Junk 20 on VH1, which got stolen and became fucking. Uh, Tosh.0. Tosh.0. Really? And then it got stolen. Yeah, so Tosh.0 is just Web Junk 20. I figured that And then it got stolen and it became like whatever show Chris Hardwick did. And then it became. Yeah. uh, And then Joel McHale did a version of it. And then fucking. And now it's uh, ridiculousness. And it's all the same fucking show. Actually, David Spade just got a show that's very similar to the same show. Comedy Central. Everybody, dude, Patrice was so far the fuck ahead of his time. So fucking far ahead of his time. I still know him mostly. I know him primarily as a. Second rate, and this isn't meant to be offensively, Tim, but I know him more from The Office than from any of those other things you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, fucking do some research. He's so. Yeah. He's. He is like. He is easily as fucking. As brilliant, if not possibly more, than like George Carlin or fucking Richard Pryor. Had he been on the Kid Chris show instead of Opie and Anthony, perhaps I would have had a better like familiarity with him. I think he might have done Kid Chris. Kid Chris was like... Here and there. It was mostly like the Reverend Bob Levy and like these really second-rate local characters. Bob mm. McGonagall. It was just a ridiculous like bunch of nobodies, honestly. They would have like... Had, do you ever listen to that show? They would have like callers just call in... I had a and tough... Play, like play like, uh, like theme songs, like music that they like made for the show. And there'd be like five minutes of the show devoted to some like some jerk off sitting at home. I had a tough time listening to the Kid Chris show. It was yeah. it was difficult. It was such Fucking. a train wreck. I couldn't like I couldn't stop. Honestly, it was legitimately the most racist fucking thing that I've ever heard in my life. Sure, it was they, the Kid Chris show. There was times where people would just call up and say the N-word 30 times. Times? And, which, <laughs> you mean fucking always? Yeah, I suppose so. You mean fucking every time? It was just like a continued attempt to derail the show. I mean, I guess the whole show, the whole show, the whole show, the entirety of the show was like one large train derailment in slow motion. There was there was a fucking O&A where they went on the street and it was Patrice and Anthony and Patrice was just dressed like him. And Anthony was dressed like Hitler, and they were seeing who would get a cab first. <laughs> and fucking every cab driver picked the guy dressed like Hitler. It was fucking hilarious. <laughs> and then Patrice would go over and yell at the cab driver and be like, you just fucking picked up a Nazi. You just picked up a guy fucking dressed like Hitler because you want to pick up a black man. It was fucking hilarious. They did this on, like, video, too? Oh, yeah, there's video. That was the, that's I've, seen it, I've seen him live... A bunch of fucking times. I have a picture with him somewhere. Yeah. It, yeah. He's my fucking. He's my hero. There's no fucking. Like there. That was like. There was a time actually. Like back to like maybe the Kid Chris show. Like when that. When I was like listening to that or around that time frame when, like video on the internet didn't really exist like in that way. I mean, sure, there's like porn and stuff. Right. But you couldn't like. You didn't necessarily. Not everybody had the access to, 
like uh, to, I don't know to YouTube. It didn't seem like it was just as well, big. Back, of a thing back then, they put everything on fucking I, UStream. Actually, oh yeah, because fucking YouTube was too hard for people to use and didn't really exist in that that format. Right? I mean, like, it, it was did, like, but it wasn't like the same thing. No, yeah, it was like it was what it is now, but it wasn't like what it is now. Yeah, it wasn't as like as yeah. ubiquitous with like. So UStream was like where everybody put uh put like. That's where, like, all of the entertainment enter. Like, Ustream was, like, a lot of radio shows and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. Like, doing... The video aspect. Of- like, the video aspect of what they did. That's so... It's so weird. Rogan that, like- fucking started his podcast on Ustream. That was the first outlet for the Joe really? Rogan experience. Yeah. It's so weird to think that we, like, we were in the time before... When video when that video aspect of it wasn't possible to, like... Or wasn't so readily accessible to, like, everyday the everyday person. Like, now it's... Anybody with like thirty five dollars can go and get a burner phone from yeah. from Amazon and like film in like H in HD their own shit by just doing a selfie camera, you know? Yeah. And put themselves and become a fucking superstar. Fucking uh, my kid the other day or the other week was like asking me like what kind of cell phone I had when I was her age. Yeah. Or she was like, what kind of she's like, what kind of tablet did you have when you were my age? <laughs> and I was like, tablets didn't exist when. I and like, it was just such a fucking weird concept to her because she'll like pull out her tablet and send me like a text message when she's not with me. Yeah. And she'll like be using emojis and shit. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know what these fucking emojis mean, but you do. So okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's fucking, it's weird, man. It's like she's growing up in a different universe. Actually, like this girl was like texting me, like uh, I think she was like trying to like sext me some like stuff, right? Right. So I had to like look up and read about the what the kids are like doing with emojis these days. Right. Like there's like a uh, there's a pretty in depth article on uh, how to like sext with emojis, like what an eggplant is, what a taco is, and like I know it sounds like. Like, I would never have thought the taco was, like, was the pussy, right? Like, because I just didn't really, like, I mean, I get it now, but, like, it wasn't the in, the in exact initial thing that my, like, the connection my brain made. But, like, the eggplant, you know, and then, like, uh, the 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 melons. It just all comes together. Right, right. And so you can kind of, like, build a story now. But I had to, like, I had to learn. I had to, like, spend, I like, don't get the eggplant. Well, I mean, it just looks like a big purple cock. Kind but. Of. I mean, what are you going to do, a carrot? A carrot would be, like, comical. In shape, do you know how fat the bottom of your dick would have to be? <laughs> I mean, to be an eggplant. Yeah, I mean that's that's like the dream, right? That's the that's the dream, I guess, right? The I, I don't think so. <laughs> no, I feel like it's not. I feel like unless you're like a what is it, a grower or a shower? I don't know if that's the way. No, I don't think that has anything to do with it. Probably I just not. feel like that's the wrong shape. It's not the right shape. I mean, if you want to like rip a hole into somebody, like. If you want to seriously do some damage to their vaginal, uh, their you know vaginal. I mean, if you're uh, trying to sure. like, I I don't even. It's just, it's not it's not the right shape. It's fucking. It's a shaft and a head. It's not a fucking. It's not a mound. It's not a fucking. It's not a mound. An eggplant is a mound. So what are you saying? I'm saying an eggplant. You just don't understand the connection to eggplant and cock. And it has a stem. I don't have a stem growing out of the head of my dick. Are you, you circumcised or uncircumcised? I'm circumcised. Maybe that's what uncircumcised look, or maybe that's what uncircumcised looks like. Maybe uncircumcised dicks are disgusting. Actually, I just saw I just saw one for the first time not too long ago. Not in real life or anything. So, Fucking you know. gross. Yeah, it was pretty interesting. Yeah, not not fix it, fix it, gentlemen, <laughs> fix it. 
Dude, do yourself the favor. I don't care how much it hurts. Yeah, this is 2019. It's fucking worth right? it. We live in like we live in a, a, a the era of modern medicine. There's yeah, no reason to be so unsanitary. There's no reason. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's fucking gross. There's nothing. Do you like? Do you think they have like deodorant for your dick for people like you know? Because I can I can only imagine. Like, Dude, could you just the amount of fucking scrubbing you have to do to get shit out of there? Like, you clean your belly button? I don't really put any effort into cleaning my belly button now. Yeah, I put I put effort into it. I mean, it's not like a major project. But, like, your whole dick's a belly button when you're not sure. <laughs> your, your dick is a it's belly like, button. It's like a dicky button. A dicky button. And it's fucking, it's gross. Yeah. I like, there's just got to be, like, mold and fungus and shit growing under there. Like, I don't fucking, I don't need that. It's like a harbinger for disease, man. It's yeah, it disease is. disease waiting to happen. It is. It's like keeping a rat in your fucking pants. I feel like you'd have to, like, you have to, like I'd have to explain to the woman, like, Look, I promise I'm hygienical. I promise I scrubbed it this morning for five minutes. Yeah. Before you go to sleep. I wouldn't trust somewhere. that shit. Fucking gross. <laughs> so, uh, so I have some interesting. Uh, I have some interesting. A couple little interesting stories from my travels. Yeah, do it to Europe. So, um, okay. So the last night that I was, uh, I was staying in Holland in Amsterdam. Uh, we managed to overbook our our stay. Like we overlapped the Airbnb and the hotel that we were staying at. Right. So they were both already paid for. So we we spent like um we spent one night in the hotel the first night and the second night at the Airbnb. Right. And uh and when we did that we ended up leaving our bags at the hotel which was like uh like a few miles it was like a good four miles away from like where the Airbnb was but there was no like to get there we'd have to like go in these like wacky indirect routes through central Amsterdam right so it was like it was way on the other side of town it was like the other side of town times two so we leave our bags there and we go to the Airbnb and we're like we have a great time it's this amazing where did you go first what do you mean Amsterdam or um oh we went to France first okay yeah and then we took the train to Amsterdam right you said that okay yeah so um so we get into there and uh so like oh so I leave my bags and we're going to the Airbnb for the night. So I have like just some shit thrown in my book bag and um and that's it really. That's all I really needed, I thought. And uh and we get out of the Airbnb, like actually this place was so fucking amazing. It's like so this little place in the middle of nowhere, like a little gated community of like five houses right. on a stretch of road that runs along the high this highway, but opposite the highway, like once you get away from the front side of the houses, like the behind the houses, like this these five houses there is the um, this this preserved wetlands for like five or ten miles, and it runs the strength down to the it runs the the length of the highway and the the coast or whatever down to the coastline. So you just take it like straight down. It's like a it's more a bike path than it is a car path. But like there's so few people that have access to this road, this like little tiny road, right? So we had access to this road. So um, it's just a little beautiful place. Anyway, I I wanted to go for a ride around the wetlands that morning when I got up and I did. And when I did so, I ended up, like, inadvertently making us late to leave there. And I, like, pushed back our whole, like, our whole day a little bit. Just a little bit. Right. But it was enough to the point where we get to the hotel and um, checkout time was at 12. And this is, like, 1.30 in the afternoon, right? And their protocol is uh, if nobody shows up, like, or because they weren't, we weren't there, they thought either we had abandoned our stuff or we had been, like, uh, ca- held captive somewhere. Like, we'd been lost or something that happened to us, Right. So they were just about to call the police, the local police, and report us. They had our like, information and stuff. And the, the employees were there like with like gloves on, like just haphazardly throwing our shit into the suitcases and stuff, right? So this is like uh, <laughs> we're just getting ready to go back and like get ready to clean up and go to the airport and like leave for the thing, you know? Like we wanted to like rearrange our, our bags, like organize our shit and like uh, get ready for, you know, to fly. So I wanted to prepare my, my carry-on bag and 
I had some stuff to, to dispose of that I really, really wanted to dispose of, like some like pot-related items and right. some, some pot in general because, you know, it's just freely available there. So um, so I had, like, a couple brownies, uh, like, pot brownies, and I had, like, a couple pot lollipops, and then I had, like, a little bit of, like, leftover pot that I didn't have the time to smoke and stuff. So all stuff I shouldn't have been flying with, right? Right. So these people just come with their gloves, and they, like, just throw all my shit into a bag or to, into my, my big giant suitcase, right? And uh, and then it's, like, 1.30 in the afternoon, and we have a couple hours before the flight, and we're basically, like, kicked out of the hotel because, you know, we, we had frustrated them. I guess we, like, whatever it was, we, like, uh, they, they feel like they went above and beyond to, like, comp- to like whatever, to take care of our ship. But I didn't think that. Anyway, so um, so we leave and we have nowhere else to go. So we, we go to this, like, sculpture garden across the yard, across the way. And we're, like, basically in a public park just sitting there, like, going through our suitcases trying to organize this shit. I felt like a total homeless person, right? So I, ha- I didn't have the, the ability or the means or the, the place to really, like throw apart all of my, my luggage and, like, go through my clothes and start disposing of the things, the illicit right. goods that I, that I needed to, right? So I, I ended up going to the airport with... Uh, I wouldn't figure this out until I got home that uh, much, 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 much later that day or the next day. I knew I had, like, two brownies in my bag, my suitcase, because I intended on flying with them with my carry-on because I thought, like, they're just brownies. Like, what are they going to do? Also, it's Amsterdam. Like, it's, like... That, and it's like a slap on the wrist. It's like a ticket in New York. So I figured my worst case scenario was I get like a $25 parking ticket or whatever, like an open container ticket in New York. So I fly with, I, I go with the idea that I'm going to fly with these two brownies. I end up flying with like pot and like a bunch of edibles and all this stuff that like, uh, like two joints were halfway smoked and then put into my like dress. Like I brought like a, a suit jacket, right? Because I wanted to go out on town and look nice. So I put these things in like, they call their, there's like dube tubes, these little holders for, for marijuana cigarettes, you know? And I stick them in my jacket pocket, and they obviously, like, they reek like weed. And uh, and it just gets thrown into my suitcase, and I travel that way, right? So I get to the airport, and I didn't really have a chance to, to go through anything, but I didn't feel that I didn't feel that upset or paranoid about it. So my bag instantly gets put off to the side. It's like, it gets, like, uh, it gets pulled aside for inspection, right? And uh, And the woman brings me over, and she asks if I have consent or, like, I allow her consent to like go through the bag and I do because I don't really feel worried about it and um she's going through it and she she goes through and she like gets to my toiletries and she opens it up and she asks me if I can like she can go through there if there's anything that I need to know about that's shouldn't be in there right right and I say no I tell her it's just like this this and I, I said oh I think I might have uh, brought too large of a stick of deodorant because I forget the the size that I'm allowed to fly with or something so she takes my deodorant out and she goes and she gets a stick and she swabs it and she starts, like, testing it for something. Like, she's, like, she runs, like, a stick across it. Like, uh, and then she, she goes and sticks it into, like, a little uh, a tube with, like, some, some blue fluid over there. And she's testing it for, like, a substance, right? I don't know what the fuck she's testing it for, but she's testing it for, like, cocaine or meth or something at that right. point, right? And it's, like, a, it's a white deodorant, which I usually don't use. Like, a white, like, you know, uh, Glide-on deodorant. And, uh, and she tells me to wait there, to please wait there for a few minutes. And then she goes and, like, talks to somebody else and then comes back. And then she gives me the okay. Like, she gives me the all clear. I'm like, holy shit, man. Like, what the fuck was that about? So anyway, I get through, like, I get through and I'm unpacking that night. And I just find, like, a litany of, like, of Federal One substances in my, in my suitcase from, like, that nobody bothered to stop me with. I mean, I, I put my bag on through and I, I mean, I, they, sure, they pulled me aside and they were looking for things. But they were looking for things that I obviously didn't have. Um, but they, they thoroughly tested me too for like, for these, I don't know, whatever the fuck they were testing for. And they had no problem with me smuggling like this federal one substance. Smuggling is a strong word, but that's, I guess what it was, uh, bringing into this country, uh, this federally one, federally, uh, one scheduled one illegal drug or whatever. 
And they asked me, like, when I got in, if I had anything to declare. And I told them I brought, like, some, some goods or whatever, some merchandise. The only thing they cared about if it was more than $200 or not. They didn't ask me if I had any drugs. They didn't test me. For, they didn't, like, scan the bag. When I got back into the United States, actually, they just gave me carte blanche to walk right into the country. There's, like, an automated machine, and you go over to it, and you just scan your passport. That's it. Like, you, uh, you scan it, it pops up, and you say, do you have anything to declare? And you're talking to a robot the whole fucking time. And then you, like, press enter, and you print out a little slip, and you bring it to this human being who, at that point, looks at it, looks at you, checks the, to see that your, your face and the face on your passport are the same, and stamps it, and you walk in. I mean, if I really wanted to be a crazy person, I could have brought in, like, real drugs or, like, uh, bombs or guns right. or weapons or any number of fucking dildos or things that shouldn't have been carrying around, probably. But, like, they really, they really, I mean... They were tested. They, they fucking tested me for something, man. But I, I didn't have it. But thank God it was just a stick of deodorant. But uh, yeah, I guess I, I guess I like even getting upon inspection. I, uh, I made it into the country, out of one country and into another country with some some illicit substances while I was away because they they almost found me as a lost person at the hotel. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, when I actually stopped to think about that, like what I was what I was saying, like. Did they, like, call the cops and, like... Oh, no. No, no, no. It was just her and her supervisor. Like, it was it was the the, the Netherlands equivalent to the TSA. It wasn't, mm-hmm. like... It wasn't the actual... They don't no, have... No, like, like, so, like, at the hotel. Oh, no, no, they... no. They were just getting ready to. Like, they they had just about finished throwing the stuff into the, into the suitcases and were right. going to bring it downstairs to the lobby and call the police. They say, like, 90 minutes is the cutoff when they usually call the police. And uh, we were at... I mean, we were at, like, uh, 88 minutes, I guess. So, uh, yeah, that's a thing. Hmm. Yeah, I have no fucking clue how that how that happened to me, man. It was like this string of like really terrible events. And then we get onto the plane. It's like an eight-hour flight back. And right immediately before we go to take off, uh, this man collapses on the fucking plane, right? <laughs> Just falls over. And uh, he has like gone into diabetic shock or something. What the fuck? And it would delay us like a solid fifty-five minutes while they had like a, brought a doctor onto the plane and like cleared him. Like I don't know what the fucking what the okay was or who gave him the, the final okay. But after fifty-five minutes of sitting there, we uh, we'd start taxiing along to take off for this eight fucking hour flight. They hold us there for like a full hour on the runway. So I mean, I sat in the, I sat in this little seat for like a good nine hours that day, and I would like. Uh, be skipping forward six hours so that was like the that was fucking that was the, the worst jet lag i've ever had in my life like we left at 6 p.m uh in holland time to return at 7 p.m in new york city for a fucking eight hour flight it was it was ridiculous it was bonkers it fucked up my whole week man so you got back here what time of night 7 p.m like one hour one hour after we took off essentially but we flew we skipped over no an hour and a half about after we took off but we skipped over a six-hour time difference in doing so. Huh. Because I was, you know, we were six hours in advance, so we flew right. back. Most of the flight was just flying back through the time zone. Fucking sucks, man. But Europe is awesome. Europe was yeah, the Europe shit. Yeah, Europe is... Like, I, I want to go back there for real. I mean, you know, it's a big place with a lot of shit, but, like, I've, I only had one... I've been there a bunch, and I only had one sketchy experience... Yeah. That was in Palermo. And, you know, I was I was being followed by, like, or we, um, me and my ex-wife were being followed by, like, a group of people that were, like, clearly, like, identified that we weren't from around there. 
and we were tourists and were like yeah. following us, but we like we, we were able to like get back to our hotel. Shit. But it was uh it was sketchy. And you know, when we were there, the people in the hotel that we were staying at, like the first thing they did when they when you go in, they were like Here's a map. Here's where we are. Here's the street you're on. Here's the neighborhoods that it's okay to walk around. You know, the neighborhoods, basically, like, it's block by block. Yeah. They were like, and they, like, she pulled out a highlighter. She was like, don't go down this street. Don't go down this street. Don't take this neighborhood. Don't go into this neighborhood because you will get robbed. You will get killed. You'll possibly get abducted. Like, and, and it was like, what? the fuck and they're just like it's muslim neighborhoods that's what happens over here actually <laughs> france, like, had, okay. france was uh france was so, sort of similar to that like there were definitely um there were neighborhoods where because uh, so we spent a couple of days there actually we, we stayed there in i would call it a glamorous hostel uh, right. we, i mean we had our own like a private room but i mean it was like it was big enough for the bed only i mean it was right it was a it was a nice nice like area but the fucking place was like a closet man but um, but yeah. So there was it was like it was almost block to block there. Like you could go, where one block there'd be this like super expensive dinosaur zoo that took up like two full, I mean two blocks, and then the next block over you were in like this really rundown like ghetto street. I mean like alleyway with like slums and like people coming up to you asking for like you know trying to push drugs on you and shit like right. cocaine and ecstasy or whatever it is that I got over there. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's very it's very night and day and like. The that was actually again since it was the first time traveling abroad, it was the first time I ever noticed or had issues with like a language barrier in any capacity. Um, right. So that was always a, that was always a thing. But yeah, I got to meet I got to meet people from like all over the world. I mean, people from like the countries I went to, and then also people like that were similarly traveling like myself. Right. Right. So people from like literally like every part of the world, man. It was crazy. Such a good time. I can't. I, now that I have, I feel like I have this like. I've discovered this side of me that needs to like be, you know, this itch that needs to be scratched constantly. I want to travel like much, much more. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is not overrated. No, like no, it's not. Not at all. Like, no, it was such a such an experience, man. To, to just to be at other places and see other things and fucking yeah, to like experience see how the other culture. people live and fucking experience like a different completely different way of like looking at the world it's fucking it's it's completely worth it yeah it seems like it's like i mean like it seems like almost like invaluable like you can't you kind of can't like you can't really know how the world works without seeing seeing a little bit of the world right no you could only like assume and you don't yeah i mean you only get like such a really fucking know yeah you you don't know yeah yeah it's it was uh i mean just little things the culture the culture differences like you know just uh kind of like serves you for a shock yeah yeah i'm a big fan of europe all of a sudden though yeah i fucking i love you know italy is fucking just incredible yeah that's on my list at at least like the parts that i've been to and fucking dublin is dublin is easy easily one of the fucking nicest cities in the world dublin is boston with a much cooler accent that's what dublin is yeah it's it's fucking the only thing about Dublin is like I cannot get the hang of driving on the opposite side of the road. It just it fucks my brain up. Like I just want to drive on the other side. Hmm. But um other than that, man, like I don't know. I I could I could move there tomorrow. I could never fucking look back easily. Oh, I thought about like, that. Like easily. Yeah, I thought yeah. Of, I like 
I mean, I'm, I'm seriously considering going to back to Amsterdam for about a month or two. Like, yeah. Because people just rent out flats, like, by the, you know, by the month or whatever. Yeah, the first time I went to... The first time I went to Europe, I went without my kid. And I was like, if I did not have a kid, there's absolutely no way I'd be going home right now. Like, that would be it. I would just... I'd fucking call some people and be like, just so you know, this is what's happening. Yeah. I'm I'm staying here. This is better. Send my shit. Yeah, this, <laughs> Send me my this is better. Maybe you can mail me some stuff, but this is better. I'm staying here. That's it. Yeah, I uh, there's an outside chance. I mean, like I may just up and move sometime in the next year or two for for a good little while to another another country. Now that I've seen it, yeah. it's like I don't know. Now there's just so much more I want to see still. And then there's like all these fucking expat communities like all around. Sure. So you can still like. You could literally, like, you can move fucking Italy and move to, like, a neighborhood in Rome that's nothing but, like, people who emigrated from America. Yeah. You know? Like, that's... It's it's a thing. Yeah. You out, know? Just, actually, like, just like it's a thing here. It's a thing there, too. Out in Las Vegas, I found I found a neighborhood where uh, New York City, like, where Brooklyn and Boston... Emig- or not... I'm sorry, not Brooklyn. Brooklyn and Queens uh, emigrated to, like, just yeah. I, like a, a stretch of, like, 14... 12 or 14 houses or whatever. All fucking New York accents. New York, like, New York yeah. Yankees and Mets fans. And, like, we're in the middle of the desert. We're in the middle of nowhere. Like, Who's fucking will, Florida? Look at themselves. fucking Florida. Yeah. Most of fucking... There are, there are towns in Florida that are built of nothing except people from fucking New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah. Yep. There's a town fucking Port St. Lucie. Yeah, I know where that is. I know, without exaggeration, I know six people who live in that town that are all from this area, like between Philly and Trenton. Yeah, the like, the, uh, the New York Mets they have their like dump their single A baseball squad plays down there. Okay, that's why I'm familiar with it at least. Yeah, I know like I know a handful of people that don't even know each other. Yeah, but they're all from this area and they live down there and it's just like it's just a transplant area. Yeah, it's just where people from like the Philly metro area move when they go to Florida, the Gold Coast they call it. The Gold Coast and fucking or the Treasure Coast. Yeah. They, so they moved to, like, the Treasure Coast. It's, like, that strip down there, and it's, like, nothing but fucking Jersey and South Pennsylvania transplants. It sounds like a, that's exactly something I want to do. I want to find, like, the Philly and New York area transplants in, like, in Holland somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd do somewhere. that. I'd fucking move to Rome and fucking where all the Philadelphians in Rome live and fucking move to that neighborhood and just be done. Yeah. Yep. There's nothing like fucking Rome. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing, nothing compares to it. Hmm. It is. Did you, did you go to Paris at all? Have you been to Paris? No. Like I mean, Paris had some. I'm not gonna lie. Paris had some cool shit. Like the the Champs Elysees. Yeah. The uh, there's some cool shit going on. Actually, I learned uh, not to like go into like this history lesson, but yeah, I learned yeah. that that uh, uh, France or Paris more specifically, but uh, France had actually stolen a shit ton of Egyptian. Uh, like yeah. artwork and statues. Yeah. And it sits right next to the president, like yeah. Marcone's house. Like his next to his house is like a giant garden, a sculpture garden. Each one of the things is fucking stolen from Egypt. And there's like hieroglyphics <laughs> on it. And it just like to this day, it's just been sitting there for like a, a century now. Or right. More. Like they just took it and claimed it. <laughs> fucking bunch of assholes that they are, the French. Being so. Dublin is fucking great. Dublin's easy because everyone speaks English. Ha, Holland you know, was like that too. Even well, I mean, though 90% it's like of them, it's it's broken really. Well, really I mean, Ireland accent, English like, is the language. Yeah, you know, you'll bump into. But people. it's a very different like dialect, right? Yeah, I mean, it's you know, like Gaelic and stuff, right? There's, 
you will run into people who speak Gaelic. Yeah. Um, and you'll occasionally overhear it. But English is language. Huh. You know, it occasionally gets difficult to, like, understand when they're, like, talking fast. But, f- I mean, it's the same fucking language. It's pretty fucking easy to navigate. Um, Rome is a little more difficult. A lot of people speak English, so you can get by. But the difference of just, like, being in a city that is, like... Thousands and, you know, fucking 3,000 years old. Mm. You know, like, I mean, it is the birthplace of fucking, it is literally the fucking birthplace of Western culture. Mm. And, And like, to stand there, to stand in like 2,800 year old fucking temples. Yeah. Is like, that are still standing. In, like, perfect fucking condition. Yeah. Because, like, their architecture was that fucking solid. Like, like you could almost feel... You know how, like... You know how... Like, New York is obviously the busiest, biggest city in the fucking world, right? Mm. But it just doesn't... No matter what anybody fucking says... It, do, it just does not have the fucking culture... That like Philly has Yeah It just doesn't Like it's a different energy Like you can feel That Philly's older You can feel that like More shit That has shaped us as a society Has happened Yeah In Philly You know like It's easy to to acknowledge it Sure Older architecture Older people More fucking More culture More history Multiply that by Twenty and that's fucking going to Rome. It's like, it, and like, that's the only way I could really put it into context. Like, you could actually feel the history. Like, you could tell you're in an old place where a lot of shit happened. See, I, I got, I got a little bit of a sense, a kind of a sense of that in, um, in Paris because I mean, sure. Paris is it's much, it's much older than anything I know. Like, much yeah. older than like than Philadelphia or than New York and all that stuff. But um, and actually, it's a it's a fairly fucking large it's a fairly large city. Yeah, I think it has fucking, nine. It's a world city. Yeah, I think it's like nine million compared to like New York's like nine point five or ten million or something. Right. Yeah. Uh, but we were even there. We were there on a uh, holiday. Like this whole like July and August is like right. fucking European holiday, man. They just they just up and leave and go to the beach or go to another. Yeah. Country. No, it's fucking New York, Paris, London, Tokyo, Los Angeles. Like those are the yeah. Those are the international. They're the hubs of cities. cities. But yeah, Paris was something else, man. Like the Champs Champs Elysees was uh, was was fucking the most like ridiculously like beautiful, but like uh, it, I don't know, it was like this insane like clash of culture and um, commercialism. Right. It's it's just it's so it's so ridiculous and, and difficult to describe. But like everything, I mean every. Like the there, so there's like a Five Guys Burgers out there, right? Um, this is like the oh most, really? Yeah, this is the most expensive like strip of all of the the city, right? Of Paris, so like this is like the uh, this is the Times Square basically of Paris, and um, I mean everything was like the like the Five Guys was easily hands down the the nicest, most unique, most elegant like Five Guys I've ever seen. There's like a uh, Ben and Jerry's. It's easily the highest class, most like sophisticated Ben and Jerry's that, that's existed in this in the fucking world. That's like in in this area, this town, this part of town, whatever. It's just I don't know, it's crazy. They actually I read they were like uh, they had a vote. Now they vote in like the companies 
because they they felt that they were they were like giving way to globalism, and uh, like H and M got shot down from being uh, being out there. H and M is a fucking is a European company though. Is it? Yeah. Oh, I think they were the first one to get shot down because they're recognized as like a, a global entity. I mean, so is Five Guys, and so is I didn't actually I didn't know Five Guys was a global entity. I mean, H and M is definitely a global entity, but they're they're what Swedish or Switzerland or some I shit. Don't know. They're like that is is fucking I don't know they're from there basically yeah wherever they're from people are small <laughs> I I can tell you that because yeah. you try to buy a fucking double X at fucking H and M and it is a medium like oh, anywhere yeah. else that you could fucking shop actually I bought a T shirt in Amsterdam. Um, and I bought it, so I bought it as a medium because that's just it's what I wear when I want to look like a svelte, like when I want to look like I have like a, a little bit of a chest or whatever. I try to fit into a slightly smaller shirt than a slightly bigger shirt. Right. Fucking medium is like wearing a child shirt. I I, dude, I squeeze into it. And I I almost yeah. like I can almost hulk out like this. Like I can almost yeah. like squeeze my you know you my can't arms buy a fucking, fucking rip the shirt apart. Not only that, but it's like it's garbage. Oh, this was an H and M. This was just another country. Anything that like, I fucking uh, ever bought at H and M is like falling apart, like yeah. within moments of fucking wearing it. This is just trying to buy clothes with within the metric system. Yeah, yeah. Twenty seven kilometers to your shoulders. No, you're right. That 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 is like European sizes just run fucking smaller. Oh yeah, because there was that. I didn't know that. There was like a. Uh, what's the fucking? It's not super drag. Fucking. Sissy boy. Super dry. No, no, no. It's like a. It's like a British. Um, you know, clothing fucking store. Yeah, there was one in King of Prussia, where I used to have a restaurant, and I, I, you know, walked by, and I'm like, oh, they fucking, I like their shit, and I went in there, and you know, I'm like, where's your fucking double X's, and they're like, oh, right here, and I'm like, this is not. <laughs> yeah, they're like, well, the European sizes. I'm like, do I look like a European fucking double X to you? Because this thing isn't going to go over my fucking neck. But, uh, yeah, it's fucking just sizes are smaller there. Fucking people, man. Fucking clothing manufacturers. Dudes are smaller. But dudes in fucking Holland are supposed to be huge. They're tall. I don't think... I didn't really see too many big people. Like, right, like right. Muscular, but there are... They're quite... They're quite uh, lengthy. Yeah, sure. Right, right. Like, I'm used to, like, looking down on people. And there, I was, I was either looking up or I was, like, even keeled with them. Right. Yeah. Is that was that weird? <laughs> it was kind of weird, actually. It was kind of weird. You feel like you were like amongst peers. I, I, you know, I almost I didn't feel like intimidated, but I felt like I felt uh, a little off kilter. Like I felt a little different because, like, I guess I'm used to looking looking down on the fucking world. Like I what six two and a half or so. Like uh, I just I mean, there's not a lot of people that I like I see eye to eye with, so I am generally looking down. And it was just a little bit different. Like my neck was like a little slightly relaxed, you know. Leaning back this way. Is that maybe contributing to the fact that you want to live there? Like, you won't have neck cramps anymore. I mean, it was mostly the bicycle thing. I mean, like, for every for every car, one car that you would see on the road, there was easily five or six bicycles. Right. I mean, it was just it wasn't even close, and that's like it kind of warmed my heart. Like for for every sidewalk and road, there was a equal equally wide bicycle lane. Like the the car lanes, the people lanes, and the bike lanes were all the same width. You know. So every street had like three roads on it. But there was way more people on bikes than there were cars. Oh yeah, like like three or four times as many at really? any given time. Yeah, I mean you would see so like the 
you would see like a like five bicycles go through a red light or you know, a green light and like one car roll through after that. I mean, like that's it. Right. And you know they have the same the same like traffic signals and everything, so the bicycles have to stop when the cars do. But there's just there's there's just no cars on the road. Like I didn't see huh. I didn't see more than a couple of taxis outside of a couple of taxis and like a, a random Uber or two. Like the locals, I don't think locals drive there. Right. And they don't really, uh, nobody drives anything bigger than, I saw zero pickup trucks over there. I saw no vans, no, like, no SUVs. Like, uh, it's just, you drive a compact car or nothing. It's it's super, like, it's it's actually, that was one of the bigger, like, culture shocks there. Just seeing these little tiny, 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 like, clown cars. Like, I couldn't, I could not fit into half the cars there comfortably with my, without putting my... Were they, like, all smart cars or, like... Citroens, Italy's like that. A fucking lot of them. A lot everything's of them are, like Fiats and Citroens. Yeah, there was a lot of Fiats. There was a there was you know, some shit smart I, cars. Some shit I never like heard that. of before, like Scarsguard or some shit like that. Like yeah. some kind of company I never heard of that. Look, they make these like like they're like the size of a matchbox almost. Like you can fit them. Yeah, you can fit like two cars into the into another car. You there's know, fucking. Car. Oh, there's Pugo. There was one. Oh, there was one fucking car company. In Italy that I kept seeing everywhere. It was like really popular there. And apparently they sell it in South America too. And they made this really fucking cool SUV. And I was like, I need to get my hands on one of those. And I was trying to figure out how I could like get it from South America and drive it back (laughs) here. Even though it'd be really long, like you wouldn't have to fucking take it on a ship. But um, obviously I never did that. Yeah. No. And now I don't. A Renault. It was a Renault. A Renault. Renwalt? Yeah, Renwalt. Sure. And fucking, they used to make them here. They used to sell them here. But it was like a Renwalt SUV. And fucking, it was it was awesome. It was so fucking cool looking. And it wasn't fucking huge. It was like a compact SUV. Hmm. And and I really fucking wanted it. And I spent like six months trying to figure out how to make it happen. And then I just <laughs> gave up. Jesus. Yeah. But anyway, on that note, we're probably like an hour in now. So we might want to. Call the show and then... uh, We can wrap it up here. Yeah. We'll catch you guys next time.